Welcome to the One Meal, One Workout Podcast, your new approach to food and fitness, brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementopie.com. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Butler, Don Sullivan, and Mark Cockrell. Hey, everybody, and welcome to One Meal, One Workout. Like Mark just told you a few seconds ago in the intro. Uh, this is Aaron, the also known as the, the former fat guy by some. That's my, my hood name when I'm rolling with my homies, because you know I do that a lot. And with me, as almost always, is Mr. Don R. Sullivan. Howdy, Don. Aaron, hello. But not with us, possibly for the first time in Element OP history, that one Mark Cockrell or Sean Keibel, the two owner, creators, and power brokers behind Element OP, com is actually not at the recording of an Element OP podcast. Mark is at a uh, uh, big education technology state convention thing that he goes to every year. So Don and I are recording tonight using a little application called CallBurner. So if the audio quality is not quite the same as it usually is, it's because Mark had nothing to do with it uh, as far as the recording of it. He's got uh, he's got to clean up my mess after I'm done. But as far as the recording itself, he is not recording this for us tonight, so we're without Mark, and I'm sad about that. Gasp. Scandal. I'm, I'm going to miss his perspicacity and his big vocabulary, too. I'm going to tell him you said, oh, big vocabulary. Got it. Never mind. Yeah. So, Don, what's going on? I, I just want to say uh, thank you, Don, for, for making the trip. Don lives about four hours from me, and he's such a cool dude, such a, such a, a fruity dude, that he drove those four hours last week and came to my house for my birthday party, and hung out with me Saturday during the day, and we just chilled and had some fun, and then cooked burgers and watched the UFC fight, and went to church with us on Sunday, and uh, it was it was quite an enjoyable time. The only the only sad part about it was he didn't get to bring his better half uh, and his and his mini half with him, but uh, maybe next trip. So thanks, Don. Yes, definitely. We had a great time. Also, they weren't just any hamburgers; they were the absolute best hamburgers I've ever had. Not a part of the one meal, one workout plan, but oh, man. Everything's a part of the plan, Don, as long as you're reasonable with what you do. We'll talk Wait, about that in a minute. What? Okay. Well, let's figure it out. <laughs> maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Uh, so, anyway, in the news, before we get in the news, though, uh, I've been driving around a little bit lately because I am looking for a house. And Don, you're a fairly recent homeowner, right? A couple of years now? Uh, Yeah, about a year and a half. So I'm pretty excited about that. So that's just not something I throw out there. Um, so if you live in the Marietta, Georgia area, and you've got a nice four-plus bedroom house with an acre or two of land that you'd like to sell for like $60,000. <laughs> or less. Or less. Give me a call. Um, but seriously, it's funny. My list of priorities has changed um, from a couple of years ago when we were looking at a house. Now on my list of needs, not just wants, needs is... Some place to run or a park close by. So we're spoiled. We live two miles from Kennesaw Mountain National Battlefield right now. Uh, we're 15 miles or so from Sweetwater Creek, maybe 20, and about 20 from Red Top Mountain also. So, man, I would love it just to be a hop, skip, and a jump, or even just a hop would be awesome, away from a, a great park and place to run like that. So, Yeah, whenever you, uh, whenever you make it a big deal, then uh, the importance of making things easy on yourself like living close to somewhere that's that's fun and that you enjoy to go out and actually do activities and things you realize that it's it's uh it's nice there's a reason they put those things out there yep yeah it's 
it's cool. So I'm 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 hoping to find someplace really really close to a park. But so this week, uh, actually it was, it was last month, but we're talking about it this week. Uh, from Wired.com, got an article here, Don, that starts this way: If you're a runner, start striking with your forefoot and wear those goofy minimalist shoes while you're at it. Your body will thank you. It's true. Those are the findings of a couple of studies by Daniel Lieberman, a professor of human evolutionary biology at Harvard University. So it's yet another article expounding the wonders of minimalist shoes and uh, and running old school way. And they say the big deal is and that if you watch it, if you take tennis shoes and put them on a person and let them run, and then you take those take that same person, take the tennis shoes off, or give them minimalist shoes. When they run, they'll suddenly start running more on their uh, forefoot. And or midfoot, they won't do a hill strike almost without exception, and that it's just so much healthier for you. So I haven't made the jump yet. Um, I would like to try it, but I'd like to try it someplace with dirt first to try to do that and kind of work my way into it. And it's too dark right now to go to the trails very often, except on the weekend. So I'm kind of waiting. I'm hoping in the spring dawn I might grab me a pair of shoes, something like your. This is my this is my clever segue. I might buy me a pair of minimalist shoes. Something like, something like, my my vibe my vibrant. I didn't know I was supposed to be finishing your sentence. Yeah, and you have to fill me in on these things. I'm, I'm making the hand gesture. Can you see me? I'm doing the. <laughs> no, all oh, I can see is from I'm your close. I got to back up from yeah. the picture. Oh, vibrant. There we go. Yay! See yeah. how smooth it is without Mark here. Without Mark here, man, it is just so smooth, man. It's awesome. <laughs> We're doing great. This so, is awesome. So what? So your Vibrams. You're still wearing your Vibrams. Who needs Mark? Yeah, no, no I'm just kidding. Oh, God, <laughs> we Mark, do, apparently. Back. Please come back. <laughs> no, I love my Vibrams. Yeah, I, I really enjoy my Vibrams. I tell people all the time, and this is my cheesy line that my wife is so tired of hearing, but they are the most comfortable things I've ever put on my feet. And you have to have a reason to wear them because it sure ain't for the looks. I just think, I think they're hideous. I mean, everybody thinks they're goofy. That's maybe to some people they're like a pug, you know, they're so, so hideous that they're endearing, you know, you know it's what that you could type do? of thing. You could get rich making, uh, Vibram shirts, little things that would just like Velcro around your ankle and cover your Vibrams <laughs> with sequins oh, and pretty wow. color. I was thinking for a second, you were talking about a shirt that would like somehow make it look like you had abs. No. That'd be cool and the too. cuts in there automatically. Your yeah. idea is way better. <laughs> but yeah, so do you wear, you pretty much wear them all the time, don't you? I actually, they are my full time shoe. Yes, um, I had a pair of Crocs shoes, not the goofy all plastic ones, the ones with the Croc plastic bottom, and then they had canvas on them. I wore those all the time. Loved them. They eventually just ripped all the shreds, and um, I had my Vibrams as well. I was just going to run in them and figure what the hey. And I actually was was helpful because I wasn't running at the time when I got them because we had just had the baby and had the big break, whatever. So it really gave me the opportunity to kind of break them in, get used to them, uh, you know, know what is and isn't comfortable and that sort of thing. And, and now I'm running them and living them, and it's great. Now, this is not a paid endorsement for Vibrams, by, by the way, but we would like it to be. So Vibrams, contact me at Aaron, A-R-O-N, at com. And send us some free Vibrams or something. That would be awesome. Yeah, Aaron can get the first pair, and if you got any extras, I'll take another. Cause, <laughs> and I'll, uh, we'll, we'll throw in a con just to make people aware that this is not a paid advertisement. These things require that you buy at least a full case of some kind of baby powder or gold bond. Or something. <laughs> I don't have issues with foot odor. Man, these things are terrible. Wow. Yeah. Well, that little caveat there. Yeah. 
big consideration to make. Thou feet will stinketh. Indeed. Well, uh, moving on. Today's topic. It's. It, we'll be honest with you. This is. This is a. A short notice. Come up with an idea. But it's something that's been kind of. I've been thinking about. So. Hopefully it'll 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 still be beneficial for you. Some of you I know listen to this show because you found it on iTunes, uh, or maybe you found it directly from the elementop.com website, and you may have never taken me up on the challenge of going to onemealoneworkout.com. That's the number one, not the word one. No, onemealoneworkout.com, and you may not even know that I blog slash post on a regular uh, on a regular at a regular pace, in addition to the podcast. So if you're only getting the podcast content, you're missing out on some of the fun. Uh, a lot of the podcasts are, I mean, a lot of the blogs, posts are a little bit more personal, kind of about my own journey. That's how it all started. Um, but some of them also tie into the topic, maybe, that we just had a podcast about. But then other ones are just encouragement and things that, that, that might be beneficial to you. So I encourage you to jump over there, onemealworkout.com. You can sign up for the RSS feed there. Uh, as well, and get those sent right to you, or get them subscribed to them by email if you want to do that. Uh, so there's lots of ways to do that. So today, what we're going to do, and Don um, actually kind of brought this up to me and brought it to my attention, this would be a, a good thing to do. We're going to talk about, I guess, my last, maybe give or take, last six blog posts that I did, and kind of talk about the different topics of those. So we're kind of bringing it to you to give you a sampling of what you, what kind of things you might find if you were to go to onemillworkout.com. And uh, check out some of that content as well. So, number one, we're going to talk about, it's a, it's a little blog post called Eat With Purpose. Eat With Purpose. Oh, by the way, we're going to put the article about the Vibrams in the, in the show notes, because I'm sure you'll want to go back and read that. But So, you know, I'm, Don, I'm, I'm thinking about reading the article. It's, it's not real long. It's fairly brief. Or we could just talk about it. What do you think? Yeah, we let's can just talk about it. Keep, let's just talk about it. It's yeah, let's just not, it. let's not beat a dead horse. Yeah. I don't even have a dead horse to beat. That's where, you know, that's where I'm at. So, yeah, um, really, it's just gonna be inconvenient. I had to find one and then. Right now, well, this came from the the blog's called Eat with Purpose, and uh, this came from uh, in my real life. The other night, I was going to get a snack, and it was, and I was uh, thinking about, you know, what was motivating me to eat at that moment, and so then I started thinking of kind of enumerating in my head why should I eat. It was one list I was coming up with, and then I started thinking about reasons that I do eat. That may or may not be on the first list. So I only came up with two real reasons that I should eat. And uh, Don, feel free to agree, disagree, add to, or take away from my list. But number one, I'm actually hungry. That's that's a, that's a decent reason to eat. I'm really hungry. I'm not just peckish or bored or whatever, which we'll talk about that one in a minute. But I'm yeah, actually I think hungry. majority of our listeners can commiserate with actually being hungry to a degree, yes. Yeah. And, and then the second reason... Which is one I've had to kind of learn a little bit. I need fuel. When I, all I did was sit on the couch or sit at my desk at work, I didn't really need fuel. I had plenty of excess fuel all the time because I was eating four or five or six thousand calories a day and doing nothing. Um, but now I've learned that if I'm going to go out and run three miles, do a 5k or the tough mudder or some kind of really strenuous activity, I need to make sure I've got fuel. So, uh, even though I may not really super, feel super, super hungry, maybe I, maybe I haven't eaten Maybe for just a couple of hours, but you know, maybe my lunch was a light lunch, and now I'm going to go hike for an hour and a half or whatever. I need fuel. I need to take something with me or eat something before I go. So that's kind of my two reasons. I'm actually hungry or I need fuel. What do you think, Don? Well, there's a reason they sell those uh, those crazy bar things that I don't know much about. 
at right. the uh, no, I'm just kidding. I've actually had uh, power bars and cliff bars and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, I mean, they they really do help a lot whenever you need something. But I mean, I don't know that I've ever really been that much into the needing something category until like the past year or so. Right. You know, so like you say, it's kind of something that you've got to learn that you actually, yes, everybody knows from like elementary school, food is fuel for your body. <laughs> but you never, if you never run out, the, the lesson never really has any import. So I think that's, uh, that's one that a lot of folks that are tracking with us are, can probably identify with. Yeah. It's funny because the first time this really hit me was when I ran the gobble jog. Thanksgiving before last, which is my first 5K. I didn't want to be have a full stomach and get sick, so I had a light breakfast about 6.30 that morning, and the race was like at 8.30 or 9, and I had a banana. And I'll tell you, about halfway through that race, I wasn't that I was physically tired, like exhausted tired. I was just out of energy. I mean, I was literally just, uh, I was just like, oh, I just want to sit down. And I, and I thought, started thinking about it afterwards, and I realized, you know, I just didn't have the fuel that I really needed. Because a lot of times, I, I typically run on a fairly full stomach compared to most people. I will eat dinner like at 5.30 or 6, and, you know, 6 o'clock, and then I'll go run at 7.30. So, I've only eaten, it's only been an hour and a half since I've eaten a full dinner. So, I'm used to having plenty of stuff to pull from, and that morning, boy, I was gassing. Um, so, anyway, so then I started thinking about other reasons I do eat. And number one, bored. You know, that's, we've all done it. Uh, if you're overweight, I'm almost positive that you eat because you're bored at least some point. Uh, second setting, another, number two I put in that list, it's a social setting. You know, you go out to a party. We talked about, we had a podcast about beating the feast, you know, beating the holiday feasting, you know, tips and tricks to not gorge yourself just because you're at a party and that kind of thing. Uh, here's one for me, Don, I don't know about you, but it's time to eat. It's breakfast time, it's lunch time, it's dinner time. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, I'm nothing hungry. It's time to eat. I gotta eat. Eat time to eat. Gotta eat right now. Yeah. No, and my then, body kind of programs itself, so I yeah. can uh I can have my boss say, Hey Don, can you take lunch at, at twelve thirty or one o'clock? My l- normal lunch is twelve and man, that thirty minutes I'm just dying. <sighs> I'm starving. Yeah. Whereas if they say, Hey, can you take lunch at eleven or eleven thirty? I'm like, Oh man, because I'm not gonna want to eat anything. Right. Yeah, I uh, I find myself being fairly liking to eat fairly regularly at the same times of day. It makes it easier. And then number four, I put on my list the Mount Everest syndrome because it's there. There is food, and therefore it must be eaten. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, you go especially chocolate. whenever you get bored, and then you go look in the pantry, and it's like, oh, there's that thing I bought at the grocery store that. I picked up because it looked so good, and that's going to be so good. And that's about as much effort as it takes, right there. Right now, one I didn't put on the list that maybe maybe some others have. Uh, maybe maybe you eat for comfort. Yes, you know? emotion eating or emotional eating. Right, that's what it's called. I don't do that. I don't really have many emotions. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Aaron, part Android. Yeah, uh, I. I really don't um, usually eat out of emotion. I don't. I don't eat comfort eater very often at all. Um, but anyway, so that's uh, eat with purpose. My ultimate goal. I put it the last thing to eat when I should and why I should. So, and I'll uh, I'll go ahead and throw in. Even though Mark's not here, we'll go ahead and throw in his uh, his idea, his point here as well. He commented on this post, and his uh, 
reason to eat whenever he doesn't actually need to is that there that he has started eating. I have already broken the seal. I have begun to put food in my mouth. So let's go ahead and seal the deal, finish it up, whatever's here. And we've talked a lot about I'm a member of the Clean Plate Club and oh, yeah. you know, being raised as, you know, you better finish what's on your plate and y'all going to get you some more. We made plenty and there's a whole bunch of more up there and <sighs> typical Southern hospitality stuff. Right. And a lot of people just learn that as a lifestyle that there's, there's, you've already started eating. Just go ahead and eat until you just can't eat anymore. Yep. Well, and along those lines, uh, next, next post we're going to talk about is called I'll Never Have Ice Cream Again. Oh, you, Aaron, have, you, have, you have to say it like that with two exclamation points. And uh, I start off this article by saying, I'm now eating healthy. I'll never eat ice cream again. And then I say, come on, that's just silly. Because <laughs> you know, everybody knows that if you, if you want to make yourself crave something or want something, just den- try to deny yourself that thing. You know, say, I'll never do this or I'll never do that. And that's the very thing. I mean, girls have done that to guys for years, right, Don? It's the old playing hard to get. <laughs> so I hear. So you hear, yeah. About that, don't tell, don't talk to my wife about that. And uh, so just kidding. I was actually talking to uh, Kelly, who's been on the show before. She's my my current test pilot person that I'm trying to help, you know, for lack of a better word, coach through becoming more healthy. And she was talking about giving into her weakness, which was ice cream. And you know, uh, this this post actually came out of that. Um, and the idea is, this is a simple little article. We'll be moving on real quick here. Is if you have something you really like and it is something of a weakness to you, set yourself some limits on it. Know when you're going to have it so that you, you don't have this open-ended, I'm denying myself this thing forever. That's, an, that's one approach that you can take sometimes to make some things work. Nothing, every, no, no single approach is perfect for everything. Like for me, I quit sweet tea, cold turkey. Uh, did not have a single glass of sweet tea for over a year because I'm a sweet tea addict and I'll tend to just go crazy on it. Um, but, that wasn't too bad. Now, what I've done with my hamburgers is, is I just don't let myself have a hamburger all the time. And I'll just think, uh, if I'm thinking about getting a burger, well, wait, I'm going to have a hamburger this weekend on Sunday. We'll have, we'll grill burgers or something like that. So I'll set myself kind of a goal and kind of a benchmark. And, and it keeps me from being the, oh, I've denied myself burgers. I'm never going to have a burger again. But at the same time, it keeps me from making the same mistakes over and over again as well. Uh, and a little tip on this. Is not, that's kind of the way I ended this post here. It's not, actually, it's not kind of the way I ended it. It's exactly the way I ended it. Don't keep a stock of, quote unquote, your weakness in your pantry. <laughs> you know, if your pan, if your weakness is cookies and you're planning on allowing yourself to have cookies on the weekend, it's probably not a good idea to go ahead and stock up on the buy one, get one at Publix with the Oreo double stuffs because it makes it a lot harder to wait till the weekend. It becomes kind of a constant source of temptation. Hopefully your weakness, quote unquote, again, is something that you can just get on a one-off kind of special occasion type thing and make it a little more resistible. Don, you got anything you want to throw in on that one? Yeah, I kind of have a hard time with that that last part, not keeping your weakness on hand. Because I um, like to have... I eat uh, Lean Cuisines for lunch every day. So they have some good Lean Cuisines. And that's just something I've made a habit of. And it's easy for me to be relatively healthy at lunch. Right, bud. So, um, but I usually will like to have a little bit something else with it i'll usually have some kind of snacky right chips or crackers or whatever and try and keep them on the healthy you side it, uh, and i actually love wheat thins wheat thins are awesome and i will tend to um get out the box of wheat thins and just just kind of have a few too many like uh a lot too many 
Yeah, bags of chips. I try my best not to get Cheryl to buy bags of chips. Go nothing on that. I really have to to try to work hard at just getting a handful, no matter how big the handful is. Because as long as it's one handful, it's still less than I would eat if I had the box or the bag. And just put it on the plate. Close the door now. Take it into the living room with me and sit down and and just eat that. And don't go get any more. Most of our listeners, if you're regular, you probably know I have a five-year-old son, Nathaniel. And he has these little plastic bowls that are uh, maybe about as big around as a softball that big and i'll use those if i'm going to get a snack that's a a non-portion snack i'll put some chips in that or some whatever you know and i'll do the same thing with nuts i'll just grab a small handful of nuts otherwise i'll go crazy on as as does don i'm the same way oh yeah pecans pecans whatever you call them i could eat gallons of those man and they're good for you but just not that many you can't have three and a half pounds (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm going to throw in here, um, this is going to be a real quick one. Uh, this is a post called Stand Up for What You Believe In, and it's kind of a review of my standing desk. We've talked about it on a couple of episodes when we had Mr. Travis Saunders on here. We talked about Don has a standing desk. So there's a post on there about my standing desk. It has a picture of the prototype I made with the paper boxes. There's an actual picture of the final thing. And uh, just, just FYI, kind of as a quick update. I've finished two complete weeks of, of Megadesk, as I call it, and it's gone great. I stood up pretty much all day today, and then when I was in a meeting, and I'm loving it. Now, it's, I've had so many people ask me about it that they say, what's up? What's the deal with the standing desk thing? What are you doing? And I say, short answer, long answer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> because I've, I've, I've escaped the same spiel so many times, and all of them say, short answer, and I say, it's better for me. And then they go, what do you Wrong mean? Answer. And then I have to give them the medium answer, you know. Well, I had a guest on the podcast the other day. Blah, 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 you know, and give them the short, quick as I can. I've really thought about st- writing a little article up and posting it outside my, my ophicle, um, so that people kind of can get an idea what it is. But it's, it's, it's got some people talking. I got a couple people that are going to try it. I think it works. And I have one friend who's already, uh, already got one set up at his house where he works from home. So cool. Yeah. The, uh, what do you think about, uh, what are, what, what have been the effects so far for you? I mean, yeah. has it? Have you had any soreness or anything? Have you really noticed that you're standing all day? Does it make that big of a difference to you? You know, my knees will get a little tired at times. If I like this morning, I it was one, a rare morning where I had no meetings, so I literally had nothing from seven to eleven to do but work. I didn't have to go anywhere or be be somewhere. So potentially, I could have stood up for four straight hours at my cube. Now I have to go back and forth down to my teammates, talking to them, helping them out, or answering, asking questions or whatever. So I'm still, you know, running around, going to the break room to get my fill up my water bottle which we'll talk about that in a few minutes uh but really you know but i thought when i came home my feet would hurt and things like that no my feet haven't hurt at all my knees like i said get a little tired but i'll just do some knee lifts and pull my foot up behind me and stretch a little bit dance around a little bit and uh it's been good i haven't really had any negative impact at all so yeah i don't I, we've talked a little bit here that i am a uh tech support drone I do phone support, so I'm at my desk all the time, all day, eight hours. And um, whenever I started doing standing desk, there was no go take, go have a meeting, you know, down the hall or whatever, because I work from home. So even when I'm in meetings and stuff, I'm still standing here. So whenever I started, I was doing four hours, have lunch, four hours solid every day. And after probably the first, I think the second week was just near torture. I was looking for a way to have like a convertible desk at that point and just stand up sometimes. Right. And then after that second week, it was nothing. 
it's no problem for me whatsoever now. And I definitely do a lot of dance around and do a lot of shifting, but that's part of what makes uh, standing desk, you know, what, what helps you burn calories because your body's not designed to just be stock still all day like it is when you're sitting down. And we talked a lot about that with Travis. Right. And you're going to do dancing and you're going you're gonna to do bounces and you're going to do little knee bends and that sort of thing. And it's just part of it. Yeah, it's, um, for me, I have the flexibility. I can slide my standing desk back. If you see in the picture, if you go to the website and you look at the standing desk picture, I can slide my, my, my mega desk on top of my regular desk back and open my laptop. So I can actually just pull my chair over and sit down if I want. Uh, but I've yet to do that in two weeks and three days. I've yet to, I've yet to pop my laptop open. So pretty excited about that. And I was and talking about going, go ahead, Don, what were you going to say? I was going to say another important feature, because I thought we were kind of wrapping up here on this one, was that we have a link on the blog post to a Lifehacker article, because we talk a lot about Lifehacker, mm-hmm. uh, that has a calorie counter, just so you can kind of tell what the difference may be for you between sitting and standing. And right. it's actually pretty interesting, especially if you get into a uh, pedal seat or a... Uh, treadmill or an elliptical under your desk or whatever they have if i'm thinking of the correct article maybe i should click on that they have yeah they do it actually links you to too. another calculator the life hacker uh, article then takes you to a, a calculator that'll calculate just about any kind of thing look at that that's awesome yeah what i was gonna say um was uh, i mentioned one of the things i do to get out of my cubicle sometimes is to go refill my water and i have to do that quite often now because i am on phase four of quitting diet soda you heard the podcast a while back about one of my goals for 2012 was to quit the diet soda to get off the diet um, the diet train. I am on phase four of a five-phase approach. Started it on Monday and uh, just kind of threw in, got a little post there about that. You know, and, and, and like I've mentioned before on the show, some people say that carbonated water is bad for your kidneys. Some people say that artificial sweetener is bad for your brain. And so I have opted for the last year and a half to ignore those facts, true or false that they may be. And drink all the diet soda I wanted because, without a doubt, everybody agrees that being 150 pounds overweight is bad for you. So that was the way I was able to make that transition off the sweet tea was to go to the diet drinks. But now I am making the transition off the diet drinks. And phase four, Don, is no diet drinks during the week. And by diet drinks, I mean diet soda. No diet soda during the week. So today at lunch, I had a coupon for Subway. So I got a Subway sandwich and to go lightly chips. And it came with a drink to be able to, to use my coupon. It was buy a drip chip and drinks get your sandwich free did i get a coke zero what do you think don did i no of course not because i'm on phase four and phase four is no drinks during the week so what did i get i got some unsweet tea and put a couple of packs of splint in it to give it a little sweet flavor and i was perfectly happy with that and felt like i was cheating or anything because if you knew where i was before and where i am now i was drinking soft drink at breakfast soft drink at lunch multiple refills usually at lunch and then Two to five or six cans of soda a day. A lot of times, just out of it just had become a habit. It's just I drink them if they were there. Just drink them, drink them, drink them, drink them, drink them. So, or that mega biggie gulp that they give you at the restaurants and fast food restaurants and stuff that holds like sixty four ounces and I'll drink fill, two of those. Fill that bad boy with Dr Pepper and then top it off before you leave. You know that oh, yeah. sort of thing. Oh yeah, been there Easy. myself plenty of times. So, there's a little article in there you can read about that. Quitting diet soda. It's got kind of my whole breakdown of how I did it. Maybe that's something you need to do. You could take this same approach and apply it to any other area of your life that you're trying to curb. Because sometimes, like we said, cutting it out all the way initially straight up is hard. Um, Or work up to it. You could always go backwards. Work up to it. That's right. If you want to add something in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to add I want to start eating vegetables. 
Right. So you can start on point. start on phase five, no vegetables, and then go backwards. Exactly. Excellent. Excellent point. All right. Next article. We're going to throw in a little physics here for everybody. This article is called "High Intensity Interval Training and Time Travel." Dun, dun, to, dun. to try to pull in a whole big different crowd. Uh, you may or may not be um, familiar with Einstein's theory of relativity. Everybody is. Everybody throws around e equals mc squared all the time. That kind of thing. He did all kinds of cool things, and he's the guy who kind of figured out that if you were to, like if Don and I were twins, uh, which would be really weird because we have different moms, but if we were twins uh, and I was to get on a plane and or jet and fly for 50 years at the speed, of, almost the speed of light away from the earth and then uh, 25 years away from the earth and turn around and come back and tw- 25 years back to the earth, I would be like six months older and Don would be 50 years older. And so... Uh, that's called time dilation. And so what it is, the faster you approach the speed of light, without getting into too much of the physics of it, relative to those that aren't traveling that speed, the the uh, the time differentiation uh, uh, begins to happen. So that to the person that's traveling close to the speed of light, time appears to slow down to them. They age slower. And so you're wondering, what does this have to do with exercise and eating right? Well, I'm going to tell you. If you read this article, you know. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, though. I did a little thing called high-intensity interval training. It's uh, It's where you do... You alternate periods of extreme effort, maximum effort, and rest. And so I did what's called the Tabata method. We got links there and a link there in the, in the article about it. And what the Tabata method is, uh, it's this Japanese guy, I believe, who came up with this one. 20 seconds of effort and 10 seconds of rest. And you usually do like eight reps of that. Don, have you ever tried any hit high-intensity interval training? Have you ever tried that before? I have not, no. Well, I did the Tabata method because it's highly recommended. And before I get into my results, let me just kind of tell you why people do it. You spend less time exercising. Uh, you, you apparently studies show you get better cardiovascular results, better fat burning results, and you tend to burn less of your lean muscle mass than from doing ex, um, from doing uh, long distance endurance running. So you know it's kind of best of both worlds. Now that being said, to, to get the benefits of it, you have to do it right, and to do it right, you have to give everything you got during the effort phase. Um, or one hundred and ten percent, right, Aaron? Actually, it's one hundred and seventy percent. Oh, oh, perfect. 170% of your, of your volume O2 saturated blah, blah, whatever it's called. Um, uh, the really, it really is 170% of your normal O2 something or another. It's one of the, some formula. But the point though, what happens is you burn all your glycogen, I believe it is, in your blood. Um, your body basically, uh, you burn all your fuel that you currently have. And so your body's like, oh man, he's really working hard. I got to do something. He's out of fuel and it'll start dumping fat, uh, burning fat. To try converting fat to uh, energy for you, that's what it's supposed to do. And, and apparently, reading the reading the studies and stuff, it works. So, but where the time travel comes in, Don, is the oh, first yeah, I was couple- wondering when we were going to come back to that. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like we're traveling through time just to get here. Um, the 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 first couple of cycles seemed like twenty seconds and ten seconds, but by the time I got to the last cycle, that twenty seconds seemed like two minutes, and the ten second was like it didn't exist at all. <laughs> I am not joking. I have a little application on my phone, and it goes like, tweet, when you're supposed to exercise real hard, and then tweet, 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 when you rest. And so it'd be like, tweet, tweet, tweet. Man, that was a lot of, tweet. That's how it felt, you know. <laughs> it's like, I barely even had time to catch my breath. Literally, I didn't have time to catch my breath, which is part of the, of the point. Uh, and it would be time to go again. But man, it was it was intense. I, I, I tried to give it everything I had. I was actually on an elliptical. The lady next to me was like, I'm trying to keep up with you. <laughs> I was like, well, good luck. I don't know if you know what I'm doing, but you may not want to keep up with me. 
How many of those reps did you do, Aaron, at 20 seconds and 10 seconds? You do eight cycles of it. So I did a two-minute warm-up. That's four minutes. At a comfortable pace. Two-minute warm-up at a comfortable pace. Yeah. Eight 30-second cycles of 20 and 10. And then I did a five-minute cool-down at relatively relaxed pace. And then I did... Then what I did is I went ahead and finished up that 20 minutes of just, like, regular cardio just to continue to burn stuff. And I felt great getting off in 20 minutes. I felt like I had done, really had done a 40-minute workout in 20 minutes. It really felt like that. Um, so, I don't know. Long-term, am I going to do it? I'll probably try it again tomorrow just for fun. Try it a couple of times, see how I like it. And uh, But, you know, you may have never even known that I did high-intensity interval training or that Einstein was the one who postulated the first theory of time dilation. If you didn't go to wellmillwellworkout.com and get subscribed to the blog posts that are coming out of there, or go to Facebook and subscribe to the page on Facebook, because you can go to facebook.com uh, forward slash wellmillwellworkout, and the, those those go there as well. So That's right. Doctor Who fans, Star Trek fans, we know you're listening, because that's the kind of audience we have a lot of times. This is for you. That's right. So now that we're done, let's get away from all these facts and knowledge and this is making my head hurt. Let's talk about something a lot more esoteric. And How about something more reasonable? Fluffy. Let's go for something like that. Something more reasonable. A last article we're going to talk about is um, today is one I, I typed up just called, Maybe You Should Just Be a Reasonable Guy or Gal. And so this came actually came out um, around right after we did the Tough Mudder. Joshua and I were stopped at Arby's and... He mentioned that what my lunch was was not, you know, one meal, one workout approved. Now, Josh has always been the skinny guy who's had to gain weight, so he's kind of the opposite of, of me and Donna Mark, uh, no less difficult sometimes, but um, just the opposite. And uh, and I told him, you know what, I got a small sandwich, I got the small fries, and I got a diet drink, and that seemed reasonable. And that started me thinking about the whole idea of being reasonable with your exercise and eating. And, you know, what I finally came around to is that for somebody to be as fat as I was, which I was very fat, I did not make reasonable choices with my level of exercise or reasonable choices with my eating pretty much ever. You know, if you if you eat reasonably and you're fairly inactive, you're still going to be a reasonably decent shape. If you are reasonably active and you eat okay, um, you're still going to be in decent shape. And that's that group of people that that kind of fall they're not the super fit people they're not super fat people they're just kind of the average guys the reasonable guys that's what that's what most people eat they eat reasonably most of the time they exercise a reasonable amount and they end up being reasonable or another word we could throw in there be average average you know just kind of an average person um so i'm just saying this and this is what the point of this article was if you're that guy that's out there that's 50 pounds or 100 pounds overweight or that girl that's 50 pounds or 100 pounds overweight you don't have to worry about becoming the next tony horton p90x guy you don't have to worry about um, running a triathlon or anything like that. All you've got to do is go from being, lack of a better word, hope this doesn't hurt anybody's feelings, ludicrous to reasonable. <laughs> I'm not talking about the singer-rapper guy either. I'm talking about that the way I used to eat was just ridiculous, ludicrous. I would eat four or five, 6,000 calories a day. It doesn't make any sense for me as a smart guy to be eating that way. I just kind of let myself go and give it in to bad choices. And all I'm doing now is eating reasonably. I don't feel like I'm eating. I'm not on a crazy diet. I don't do anything weird. I'm just eating reasonably. Everything how, in moderation. How many times did you count? How many times did I say the word reasonable or reasonably in the last two minutes? Oh, I kind of glazed over there for a minute. Sorry. A reasonable number? Yeah. Un, yeah. I, I unreasonable? Get, I, don't, I don't think, yeah, that one. I wasn't going to say it. You're in charge of that word now. Okay. I'll, I'll own that word. 
I, you know, we've talked about approaching average before. I don't mind approaching reasonable either. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be reasonable for a change. Yeah. Well, that that is that. Okay. I got. I can't. I, that l- word has lost all meaning to me. You broke it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I understand uh, your point, but man, we. Get, I got on thesource.com, and every time you said it, I just went to the next one on the list. It didn't all make sense, but it helped. <sighs> What what is the what is the what is the word what is the definition of reasonable according to dictionary dot com or something like that, Don? Can you pull it up? I was on thesaurus.com. dot com. Let's do dictionary dot com. See the wonderful powers of the interwebs. What? Oh, it would help if I spelled dictionary right. Yes, even the internet cannot help if you utterly fail. Google can. Google can usually. Yeah. I should have Googled it, but I talk to those people all the time that you tell them a website address and they Google it and say, it didn't give me any results. Let's see. <clears throat> Reasonable. Adjective. Agreeable to reason or sound judgment. Logical. Two. Not exceeding the limit prescribed by reason. Nah, see, I hate when the dictionary does that. They define a word with a word? Define the word with the word, yes. Three. Moderate, especially in price. Not expensive. Four. Endowed with reason. Five. Capable of rational behavior, decision, etc. There you go. That's capable of rational for. decision. That's the, the choices that we're making before were irrational, Captain. Okay. So there you go. There's just a smattering. Um, I, I promise I'm not... I will, I will admit that I'm not the best writer in the world, but I promise you that I'm a reasonably good writer. <laughs> I did it again. Uh-oh. So my point is that um, get the hook. Hopefully you will uh, you'll benefit from the blog posting in addition to the podcast. Consider it the supplemental material. It's the supplemental material. It's it's the extras. It's the things that you may may or may not get if you just you know take the the class. It's, it's the extra stuff in the back of the book that the teacher tells you you should really review if you want to make an A on the test. The errata. It is that that is what the blog is. So um, you can get it at onemillworkout.com or you can get it from facebook.com either one or you can even subscribe to twitter and get links to it but then you have to go to the link so I, for me the email subscription or if you use a, a, a blog reader those are the best bets because the email subscription it just drops right into your email and um the and if you use a reader like i do to read the blogs that you read bam it's just in your blog reader and it's great so uh don aaron what'd you have for dinner tonight i had Another Aaron disapproved recipe from our healthy recipe tip. So this week's recipe is cheesy chicken enchiladas. Mm. And man, they're spectacular. This is one that I was very easily able to sell to not sell, like make money off of, but convince that it was reasonable uh, (sighs) to my roommate and his girlfriend. My roommate tried it uh, whenever my wife and I made it a couple weeks ago. And just fell in love with it. They've made it a couple times since then, and we had it again tonight. It's so good. Uh, you got cheese, 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 and chicken, and somehow it's Weight Watchers. Uh, you want to make sure you pay attention to all those two percents and fat freeze in there because you got cheese and sour cream, and right. um, even a little bit of evaporated milk in there. And yeah, you could definitely go overboard with this thing if you're not real careful with it. So just make sure you're following that stuff real carefully. So you're telling me if but I used if I used full calorie sour cream and didn't use the low fat cheese and use half and half instead of um, the two percent and then had three helpings, it might be bad for me. 
I don't believe that would be reasonable at all, Aaron. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> that was your choice. I didn't make you say that. We're yeah. going to beat it to death. We're yeah, going to so make it. Just going to run it to the end. I'm going to so, call this yeah. episode Just Be Reasonable. <laughs> so the uh, Also, yeah, it's a really easy recipe. It's oh, really cool. quick to throw together. And it's definitely one that we will have in our staple of regulars for quite some time. Well, I would say um, on all these Weight Watch, on any healthy meal that's espoused as a healthy meal on a website or whatever, just be be careful of the portion sizes until you learn the portion sizes. If it says makes eight portions and you and your spouse split it and it's all gone when you're done, it probably still wasn't that good for you. <laughs> you know, so just, just be careful of that. Um, so anyway, Don, I think we did it. I think we did a, a Mark uh, a Remarkableless podcast. We, we made it through without Mark and I, I, I missed him. Yeah. Hopefully when he's editing this, he'll hear that and feel a little warm fuzzy. If he's not cursing me for the horrible audio quality at the moment as well. Yeah, it's probably going to take him the entire episode to figure out what we've done. <laughs> so this is when Mark would normally say, if you like this podcast or you want more information, you can go to elementop.com, element like the periodic table, op like in Taylor. We have several other podcasts that are on that on the Element OP network, and you can find forums there and chat room and... A link to live stream normally we record at 6.30 on Wednesdays Eastern Time, and you can actually jump in the chat room and send us questions while the show's going on. Uh, this show is not streamed because of our technological limitations because we were sans smart tonight, but uh, normally we stream every show up live. Of we just don't get, know how to do all that stuff, really. Let's be honest. He's way better at this than I don't we have are. a mixer. I don't have a yeah. mixer. Um, Mark's awesome. He is. Email me, A-R-O-N, at onemealonworkout.com if you have any questions, comments, uh, verbal abuse, or praise. We take all things. And I think that's it tonight for Don Sullivan, Aaron Butler, and our missing host, Mark Cockrell. Remember, before starting any diet, you know what, Don? Why don't Aaron. you say the tag this time? Since I did Mark's bill, you do the tag. What, really? Yes. You're passing the mantle to me? Yes. I'm honored. Remember, before starting any diet or exercise program, it's recommended. Oh, I screwed it up. Look at that. Let's try it again. Oh, man. Thank you. Three. Remember, before starting any diet or exercise program, it's recommended you consult your health care provider. Thank you.